Welcome to Backroom Talk. We're having program design chats today. We are going to walk through a few programs that we just dropped in to learn RX. They're triceps, right? Um, it's It would be built for a more advanced individual because uh, we'll talk about like uh, motor units and, and the, the, the thrashing of motor units that can occur. Daily plan first. So what is happening over the course of the week? We've got uh, three days, three yep. training days in the gym. Day one, we're doing quads, back, and tricep. So next up, we have our mixed map nine, eight-week progression. To listen to more Backroom Talk, be sure to subscribe. Learn to design personalized programs with the OPEX system of coaching by heading to opexfit.com. Welcome to another episode of Backroom Talk. I am Georgia, here with Carl, and uh, we're having program design chats today. We are going to walk through a few programs that we just dropped in to learn RX. So you know this if you're a Learn RX subscriber, or maybe you don't because you haven't been taking advantage of all the features, but we have this beautiful programs library that we're building out every month. And each month we drop a couple new longer programs, you know, six, eight week progression, uh, depending on what is appropriate into there. So they are there for coaches to draw inspiration from. We're not suggesting you go just like drop these programs in all of your clients' Coach RX. We do individual design after all. We're not about templates, but there's definitely something beneficial about seeing how other coaches lay out and progress different resistance training goals, different energy system goals. I know as a coach, I love seeing this stuff. Um, it, you know, ignites my creative juices. You see different ways to apply principles. So that's the intention behind the program section. And we wanted to use the podcast today just to have a deeper conversation about the two programs that we've just dropped inside of there. Yeah, definitely. And these uh, these programs are also in your CoachRx uh, index. So in your program section. Every time that we launch these into LearnRx, uh, the skeletons also go into CoachRx. So um, you could pull up the, the programs and kind of view those things in LearnRx, right? And then uh, you can actually apply them in CoachRx. But like Georgia said, um, yeah, these are, these are just great programs to look at. Um, they're not built for anyone particularly. Um, there's just some principles in there, and I think it's always beneficial to look at how we can take uh, or just a single take on uh, some principles that have been a long, a, around for a really long time. So um, yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're going to kind of walk through what are the, what are we trying to accomplish principally in these designs and then uh, just give some examples of what it could look like inside of these things. So to really make the most of this podcast, uh, if you are a LearnRx subscriber, you might actually like to go to the program's feature now at the top navigation bar hit programs we're going to be talking about a resistance training or an opex gain training program first so if you go ahead click on opex gain and click on the 61225 program that's the one we're going to be talking about first if you're not in there well you should go ahead and subscribe and that way you'll have access to it but even if you're not able to for whatever reason uh, you have for not being in LearnRx or CoachRx you still will be able to follow on with the conversation and we'll make sure we keep you in the loop even if you don't have that program in front of you. So there should be some uh, some really good conversation for you to draw from uh, as you sit down to write programs yourself. So 6, 12, 25, that is our first program we're discussing. Where does this come from, Carl? Um, 
Man, I first learned of the 612-25 protocol in 2006, 2006, 2006, 2008, some, somewhere in there. Uh, and this was another another one that I was introduced uh, through through Poliquin. Um, it's it's simply a, it's just their tri sets, right? Um, it's it would be built for a more advanced individual because uh, we'll talk about like uh, motor units and and the, the the thrashing of motor units that can occur in a program like this. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's your classic tri set and there's uh, very little rest between your one series and two series and three series. And then you go back to the top with a lot of rest and you do that over and over and over again. So the six twelve twenty five that comes from the, the rep ranges inside of that tri set. So for example, it'd be when in a one at six reps and then you rest 10 seconds and then a two at 12 reps, rest 10 seconds and then an A3 at 25 reps, and then you rest uh, a good amount of time. In the program, we uh, we proposed a two to four minute rest, uh, whatever you need there, and then you're going through that again for two, three, four sets. Um, and the the kicker is is that this is uh, this the six twelve twenty five is done on the same body part, so it's the same body part or the same pattern that you're going through the six and the twelve and the twenty five on. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a fairly uh, I guess brutal yeah <laughs> brutal training session like uh, a brutal program to put someone through. Um, they have to understand you know loads and and how to load each one of these things appropriately and also understand the intentions out of this thing. Um, the intentions that we're trying to get out of it are like I said, we just want to tax the uh, the motor units, right? So. Um, when we start talking about the six reps, it's, uh, it's, you can kind of just imagine what's going on, uh, while you're going through the, the, the sixes, right? You're, you're recruiting those like higher threshold motor units. And what I mean by higher threshold, it's like you're maximally, you're more maximally expressing those motor units, right? So just think about, um, you know, doing a really heavy bench press, like you got to prepare for that, right? And just think about what it feels like after you rack that bar. You need a lot of recovery. You need a lot of recovery because you just thrash those 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 motor units specifically, those higher threshold motor units. And then as we move to the 12 and the 25, we're taxing those those uh, those lower threshold motor motor units where you don't need a bunch of concentration. It's just like contraction, contraction, contraction. Um, so we'll walk through specifically what this will look like in the program. Uh, but that's kind of the that's kind of the the framework that we're sitting inside of here. And why would someone want to trash motor units? What is what are they going to get out of doing this progression? Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a hypertrophy protocol. Um, so if someone wants to thrash uh, muscle tissue as well, right, while not losing a bunch of strength, and that's where I'm saying like this is more uh, for the advanced individual. Uh, and that's where those sixes come into play because those sixes should be tough every set. Um, so, you know, they're, they're, they're thrashing those, those, uh, those higher thresholds, um, to kind of hold on to the strength that they already have, not necessarily to develop more strength, 
uh, but to hold on to that strength they already have, and then they're hitting those lower thresholds in the 12 and 25 and just uh, working their way through some some uh, muscle tissue damage. Let's talk about why we wouldn't give a program like this to a novice trainee. Uh, so the thing that comes to mind, uh, if I think about someone who is a novice, their limitation is likely motor control or efficiency and move, movement patterns. That's why we're defining them as a novice trainee. And they don't know how to squat yet, right? Like they, we took them through their, their air squat test in OPEX Move and they're just a little wonky and all over the place. Do we really want to ask them to do a heavy six and then a moderate 12 and then a lighter 25 when we know that they're not even able to move efficiently in that pattern uh, without external load? Probably not. Mm-hmm. All that we're going to see happen over the 6 12, 25 is a further breakdown in motor control. Uh, they're not going to be learning to move better. They're just going to be getting tired and falling all over the place. So for that reason, it feels like a bad uh, option to give to a novice. Also, novices aren't going to have the ability to change the load in the way that they're going to need to between the 6, the 12, and the 25. Because we know motor control is the limitation. It's not external load at the moment. They're not going to get that heavy dose from the 6, and there's not going to be that drop-off from the 12 and 25. Yeah. Any other reasons? Um, yeah. I mean, a big one that comes to, to mind, even for you know some intermediates and advanced, is just uh, load selection. Uh, it could be quite frustrating if you don't know what kinds of loads to choose, because uh, a program like this is extremely humbling, right? Like, uh, and we'll walk through this in the program, like I said, but for some of these, you're almost like just above body weight for some things. Or like if we're doing like a dumbbell upright row, we might be using like two and a half or five pounds for 25 reps. And it's, it could be quite frustrating for someone if they get like through an A1 and A2 and then they get to A3 and they're changing the loads like three times. And by the time they find the right load, it's been like a minute and 10 seconds, not just 10 seconds. And they're like frustrated in their head because they're like, oh, I'm not getting the effect that I thought I would get out of this. So um, even with intermediates and advanced, it's uh, it's uh, it's just different in terms of how you're choosing your loads. And not a lot of people have done, uh, you know, sets of 25s, right? Like sets of 25s are very, very challenging, uh, no matter what pattern or what mus- muscle group you're using uh, in terms of choosing external load for that thing. Uh, I think most people, when they think of 25s, they're thinking like, okay, yeah, I do that for my, you know, my, my sit-ups or my, um, or my calf raises or something like that. But 25, 25 reps, that's a lot of time under tension, uh, no matter what that tempo is. So what would you provide in terms of guidance for the client, making sure they do select the correct load? Like, how are you going to guide that person? Yeah. If this was a progression, I would say think about what you can do and do a lot less than that, right? And if you need to bump up from set one to set two, awesome, go ahead and do it. Uh, But in practice, someone gets through set one and they start set two and they're like, oh shit, it just got real. Because it gets real when you go back. I don't care how long you rest, you just thrashed your higher and your lower threshold motor units and you go back to that uh, bench press and you're like, oh my God, this is 50% harder than last set, right? And then in their brains, they're just like, I'm just going to stick at that lower uh, uh, load that I chose in that first set. So, yeah, I would just say, um, A, I would, I mean, I would, I wouldn't give it to someone unless I was really confident uh, that they could choose appropriate loads. Uh, but B, yeah, I would say like, you know, go a little bit lighter than you think. It's, it's a lot better to, to build instead of to take away 50% because you failed on rep 
11 of 25. So if you guys go and assign this program to yourself and Coach RX because you want to give it a try, <laughs> take uh, take Carl's advice. Heed his warning to go lighter than you think. Yeah. I Gosh, I, it's been uh, – I did this a long, 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 long time ago. Uh, I've actually prescribed it a few times, and then I did it again myself a couple months ago. And I kind of lived lived through that where I was like, oh, my God. I think you were in the gym one of the days I was doing something. Mm -hmm. I think I was doing, like, lateral raises or something like that. And I had, like, the smallest dumbbells in here. And I'm like, oh, my God. I saw you behind me on, like, the biker. And she's like, this dude is so weak. He's, like, uh, pumping out some five-pound dumbbell lateral raises. But he's been going for two minutes. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's challenging. Yeah. and we'll talk about tempos and stuff like that, but there's some things to think about in terms of uh, how you're organizing tempo uh, as you go through as well. For sure. So uh, daily plan first. So what is happening over the course of the week? We've got uh, three days, three yep. training days in the gym. Day one, we're doing quads, back, and triceps. Yep. Day two, we're doing hamstrings, chest, and biceps. And then day three, we're doing quads, shoulders, and triceps. So give us a little bit of insight into why this like full body body part split and why you've paired certain uh, body parts together. Uh, yeah, good question. Um, since the volume is so high, we do have to think about, uh, we have to think about uh, patterns or exercises that don't go well together, right? So we don't have, um, we don't have uh, hamstrings and back together for instance right why because you're you're i'm depending on where you start right like if you go hamstrings and you're in a gym that doesn't have a copious amounts of machines you're probably picking a barbell off the ground and a deadlift or a romanian deadlift or some variation of that um and if you're in that same gym that doesn't have a copious amounts of uh of machines you're probably hanging on a bar for your back work uh so for things like that uh, we don't want to pair those things together um, in terms of how we laid this program out, um, we laid it out in a way that uh, you could hit these muscle groups and have enough recovery uh, before hitting them again and having enough recovery before you hit the next training session. So this is only three days a week, and that's extremely intentional. And We have an A series, a B series, and a C series. So the volume is extremely high in this. So if you were to uh, design this for yourself or for your clients, think about just going maybe that A and B, and that might be okay. Uh, That might be enough volume for the day uh, because by the time you get to C, uh, you're going to be pretty wiped out, right? Because you've hit, you know, substantially, but two substantially heavy lifts in your A1 and in your B1, and you've done a lot of volume in your A2, A3, uh, B2, B3. So, uh, yeah, we went, we went three days because we went three days. We wanted to go, uh, three series per day. If this was a four, uh, a four day split, um, I probably wouldn't make it full body because the volume is so high. Um, I wouldn't go full body without at least a day of rest, uh, in resistance between each one of them. So, um, just a couple points there. It's three days. So we went full body and uh in terms of pairings we just wanted to go with uh exercises or body parts that worked well together and didn't take too much away from the other one is there a reason you went body parts versus movement patterns yeah i think um when we start looking at and and patterns aren't wrong right but for a program like this i'd be i'd because it's hypertrophy (laughs) i'd want to be a little more specific uh because if we say 
if we say the bend pattern, um, we might go A1, A2, A3, and hit our upper back, our lower back, and our hamstrings, and it defeats the purpose of the A1, A2, A3, because the goal is to tax the same muscle group. Um, or if we went, uh, um, you know, push, for instance, right, we could go chest, chest, triceps, and our chest gets a break on the 25. So I would just get really specific here because the intention is is high to low motor threshold and we could we could kind of that can get really nuanced if we just go pattern specific if that makes sense it absolutely does so should we get into day one our first day of training yeah let's do it so the way that we're going to walk through this we're going to go uh day one uh we're going to go week one and then we're going to slide down and we're going to look at um when we progressed it what we progressed it to and why that was progressed in that way and then we'll do the same for day three and day five Ready, guys? Uh, they said yes. All right. All let's right. do it. So right. day one. Um, yeah. First, before we get into this, let's talk about progression and yes. how we want this thing to progress. So if you've ever done this, you will realize that it's extremely difficult to just go up and wait for every exercise across the entire program. Even if it was only three to four weeks, it would be extremely challenging to do so. Um, so the goal here is to increase your compound so your one series so a1 b1 c1 increase those loads incrementally if you're able to and at least hold the same load because you're staying with the same volume on your two series and three series for a b and c okay so i'll kind of walk through that but that's that's the goal in progression so we're going to run that for three weeks and then we're going to totally change exercise selection when we get to week four, okay? So week one, day one, quads, back, and triceps. So one more qualifier. Um, we're decreasing tempo when we go from A1 to A2 to A3, right? So we're not going a four zero x one for 25 reps. Ouch, right? That'd be extremely brutal. Um, and we're not going one zero x one for a1 right we want that to be really slow and controlled remember high threshold right what taxes those high threshold motor units slow eccentrics so the goal for a1 is heavy and slow okay so a1 we have a narrow stance back squat at four zero x one six reps times three sets rest 10 seconds then we're going right to the landmine belt squat right so a lot less compound we're we're getting a little faster three zero x one 12 reps times three sets rest 10 seconds finally a three um cable goblet squat at two zero x one 25 reps times three sets rest two to four minutes that was our a series that was the a series so there's a pattern that is going to apply to the a's the b's and the c's for every day of the week mm -hmm. um, and Carl just laid that out it's that tempo so we go from at 40x1 to at 30x1 to at 20x1 as we go a1 a2 a3 and then the reps of course our 6 12 25 and then the rest a1 10 second rest a2 10 second rest a3 
we get two to four minutes rest before we go back to our A1 again. So guys, just keep that in mind as we're walking through these. That pattern is applied to all of our exercises in uh, this progression. And, and personalization really needs to occur in the exercises that you select, right? So these exercises are going from more to less compound. Okay, so a, a the, the one series... Those are just our classic compound exercises or variations of our classic compounds. By the time we get to A3, we're like as far into the accessory realm as we can go because it's 25 reps. So isolation is occurring uh, a little bit more at and once we get into the three series and complexity and where they rate on that compound and non-compound scale uh, falls more on the right side of non-compound. So that has to be personalized. Right, so this program that's here isn't going to work for most people. Uh, for A3, for some people, that might be an air squat, right? That might not be a cable goblet squat, and that's okay. That might be jump squats, right? Um, just really, you really have to think about exercise selection and that being personalized. Which brings us to our next point with B1, weighted strict pronated pull up at four, zero, X1, six reps times three sets, rest 10 seconds. If your client can't do weighted pull-ups, you're not choosing this. If your client can't do weighted pull-ups, you're not even doing this program, right? So really think about what, what exercises you plug into these things. So we're doing the weighted pull-up. We're resting 10 seconds, and then we're going to cable lat pull-down at 30x1, 12 reps times 3 sets, resting 10 seconds. Then we're going to B3, seated, bent over, dumbbell, reverse fly, 20x1, 25 reps times 3 sets, resting 2 to 4 minutes. So that was our pull pattern. That was that was or uh, back. That was back. I should say. Yeah, that was back. Um, ouch. Yeah, my back is like getting crampy. I don't know if you guys have ever felt like uh, a back pump, uh, but it's one of the most, uh, or sorry, the one of the least enjoyable pumps out of all the pumps. Bicep being number one, of course. Uh, the back pump is not fun. Yeah, it, it hurts. Like you can feel like the hydrogen ions like wrapping themselves around your scapula. Um, you're going to feel this in the B series. I just think about like, okay, weighted strict pronated pull up, six reps with that tempo. Set one, all good. I got it. Mm -hmm. Set two, there's no reps happening whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the staying true to the eccentric is, uh, it's so important here. Um, and that's why the load isn't that important. Um, it's staying true to the, the eccentrics, uh, especially in B1 and B2, and staying true to the tempo on B3 because it's 20x1, not 20x5, right? Uh, you or your client are going to want to take a breath, three breaths, maybe five breaths when you get to rep 12. Uh, don't do it. One quick breath, right back down into it. So tempo, 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 super important to keep that consistent across the board. Absolutely. Uh, on that point, who is this a really, maybe not a great program for? Someone who has a terrible level of aerobic fitness. Mm. They're going to have a really hard time. Like, let's not even talk about the resistance stuff. Yeah. Someone who has a hard time breathing and doing work. There's a lot of work that is happening here. Definitely. This person is going to black out somewhere in, in their 25 reps. <laughs> <laughs> so take us through the last. Um, so our triceps, triceps. All right, triceps, tricep, a lot of tries there. Uh, all right, C1, we have JM press. So long tempo at the four-second four eccentric, going six reps times three, um, resting 10 seconds. And then we have an easy bar skull crusher. Uh, that is the 30x1, 12 reps times three sets. 
and we're going into the overhead cable tricep extension at 20x1, 25 reps times three sets, rest two to four minutes times three sets. And that is, that's day one. <laughs> that's day one. That's a whole lot of work right there. That's a lot of work. So yeah. what happens over the next two weeks? Uh, yeah, over the next two weeks, like like we said at the beginning, we want to, the goal is to increase load in the A series and at least match in the, uh, in the or sorry, increase in the one series so a1 b1 c1 and then match in the two and three series if you're feeling awesome and you're like ah, i kind of undershot a little bit i can challenge on the two and three uh really check yourself and make sure you still feel that way when you increase load in the one series so keep your tempo nice and solid um i'd rather see people go a little bit a little bit tougher in the one series and just do reps in two and three because the goal there is just thrashing threshold right the motor threshold um on on a1 the goal is doing that through heavier more intense loads so uh err on the side of caution and wanting to increase loads in two and three so we go through our first three weeks we land on week four and now there's a change up in exercise selection for this day one so i think it would be beneficial to talk about uh why you shifted the exercises the way you did in this program carl maybe we still talk through what the exercises are for a1 a2 a3 but they get it right i think the people mm -hmm. understand the tempo the reps and the rest that are happening now i'll, I'll do i'll do you one better so what i'll do is for this and you guys just look uh look and learn rx and see what the uh specific exercise selection is i'll walk through the just the one series because remember the a2 and day three uh, a2 and a3 um as long as you're capable of doing it and you can get through the reps it doesn't matter what the exercises are as long as they're specific to the body part that you're trying to tax right does that make sense it absolutely does so uh let's start with uh, a1. So A1, we're going to a back squat. So you'll see this across the entire program. The goal is to continue to increase intensity over six weeks. So is that not, not a lot of people, especially in this scenario and this amount of fatigue can actually do that if we kept exercise selection static over those six weeks. So you'll notice that we're going from the narrow stance back squat to the back squat uh, just when we start looking at levers we should just be able to back squat more than we can narrow stance back squat so because we're kind of uh, throwing throwing a freebie at whoever's doing this program like okay now you're doing a back squat you should continue to build on that narrow stance back squat and it shouldn't be a problem so they're starting a, a new progression but intensity is increasing from the last progression so we're going back squat for a1 uh, B1, we're going weighted supinated pull-ups. So we're going from a pronated grip to a supinated grip. Uh, a lot of individuals are stronger in the supinated position as long as they've had a bunch of exposure to that position. You have someone that hasn't had exposure to a supinated position. They're going to say, my elbows hurt. This is uncomfortable. It feels weird. Uh, but most people that have exposure to it, they're going to be stronger in that supinated pull-up because now they can use their back and their biceps a little bit more. So we're going to the supinated pull-up in B1. And then on C1, we're going to the close grip bench press uh, from the JM press. So if you know what a JM press and what that looks like and the angle and where that where we're bringing that down toward the face, going to a close grip bench press, we should be able to uh, close grip bench press more than we JM press. And you don't have to worry about dropping the bar on your face with a close grip bench press. Yeah, I'm like 
am I going to have my teeth after this? Yeah. JM yeah. Press give me that feel sometimes. Yeah, I just wear a mouth guard when I do that. There we go. Yeah. All right. So that is, uh, that's day one. Yeah. All right. All right. We're going to, we're going to go quick hit on uh, day two of the program now. All right. Yeah. This is uh, quite extensive. So what I'm going to do is I won't say tempos. Yeah. I won't say reps and sets. You guys get it. A1, it's, uh, or the one series were six reps and then 12 reps and 25. So I'll just go through a little bit quicker. The Sounds perfect. Um, Georgia gave me a look like, dude, hurry. Oh, <laughs> or actually, I gave her a look. I was like, should I keep rolling? All right. Um, next day. So this day is hamstrings, chest, and biceps. A1, we have Romanian deadlift. A2, we have good morning. A3, we have roller hamstring curl. Uh, so again, that follows that, uh, compound, the less compound. And, uh, the goal there is the hamstrings B1 incline bench press B2 dumbbell bench press B3 cable bench press with handles. And that's our chest, uh, six, 12, 25 setup. Now going to biceps, we have a barbell curl for C1 C2. We have a chest supported dumbbell curl. And C3, we have a cable knee preacher curl. Biceps are jacked after that. They are done. So you guys understand now what happens over the next two weeks. We're trying to increase load in that compound and then hold on to the same load for the twos and the threes. We change up exercise selection come week four. So tell us how we uh, shift it up for the hamstrings, chest, and bicep, biceps, Carl. For sure. Yeah, so um, this one's a little bit controversial because it's like, what does the deadlift really hit, right? The the conventional deadlift. Um, there's still a lot of hamstring activation that occurs there, uh, of course, because it's a posterior chain dominant exercise. But we're going from Romanian deadlift to a deadlift. Uh, you know, in this exercise selection shift, I'd probably throw in a little uh, context, like, hey, I want you to really uh, ensure that your uh, hamstrings are being stretched at the top of the deadlift, right? So maybe in your typical deadlift when you're trying to just lift as much weight as possible, um, you kind of keep that butt uh, more up and down. On this one, I'd be like, hey, throw that butt back a little bit. Let those hamstrings really stretch out so you feel them before you get under the knee. Throw that butt back throw a that. little bit. <laughs> just uh, go ahead and toss that butt back a little bit. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we have uh, deadlift there. So we're going to get a little tougher on the deadlift in A1. B1, so remember we had the close grip bench press, we're going to go wide grip bench press here. Uh, and then C1, we're going from a barbell curl to an easy bar curl. Uh, some people are probably thinking, why are you doing that? That feels like it's going less compound. Uh, it's just more of a comfortable position for most people with the wrist, and they might be able to lift a little bit more weight in the easy bar curl than they can in the barbell curl. So the goal is to increase intensity in that exercise specifically. So that is our hamstrings, chest, and biceps, day two. We're wrapping up the week with quads, shoulders, and triceps. So walk us through day three, week one. All right, day three, week one, we have uh, for quad series, we have cyclist front squats. Then we have dumbbell sumo squat. And then A3, reverse hyper leg extensions. For B1, so this is our shoulder series, we have seated strict press, then we have seated dumbbell press, and then we have standing dumbbell lateral raises. And then finally for our tricep, 6, 12, 25, we have decline barbell skull crusher, and then we have dumbbell crush press, and then we have rope 
cable, tricep pushdown. Okay, so that is quads, shoulders, and triceps. Let us know what happens week four when we shift up exercise selection, specifically for those compounds. Yeah, so uh, this is kind of following the same uh, same guideline as uh, um, day one. So we went from the narrow stance back squat on day one to the back squat. We're going from the cyclist front squat to just the front squat. Um, so that would be A1. For B1, we're going from a seated strict press to a standing strict press. And then finally for C1, we are going from a decline barbell skull crusher to a close grip floor press. All right. And that so just getting more intense. More intense. That'll close out our uh, six week, uh, six, 12, 25 progression. Before we move on, and we're going to talk a little bit about an energy systems progression after this, what is a sign that this program is going wrong for a client? Because <laughs> um, for real, it's yeah. one of those cases where it very well could go wrong if applied to the wrong person. Yeah. Uh, some of the things we hit on, on the front end in terms of... Uh, in terms of inability to complete the work that you're giving them. Uh, so if someone can't do 25 reps of a roller hamstring curl or they can't do 25 reps of a lateral raise with any kind of load, uh, it's probably going wrong in terms of exercise selection. Exercise selection can be perfect for them in terms of being able to complete the 6, 12, 25s. But if you're saying, uh, you know, lack of recoverability from session to session or lack of recoverability uh, at night when they put their heads on their pillows and they're unable to go to sleep. Uh, if soreness is just out of this world, uh, just little things like that, um, you know, look at, am I, am I giving them the right program based on what they're able to recover from? Um, so the two big things is exercise selection and, um, and recoverability uh and i guess another thing would just be uh is it the right program for what their goals are um i think we would have already identified that before giving to that giving this program to them i hope but um if their goals are hey i want to put on some muscle mass or i'm trying to lose some body fat and they haven't done the basics yet uh don't don't jump right to a program like this save this uh like more advanced, uh, these advanced protocols for when they're needed because that client will probably get uh, even better results with uh, the simpler stuff. Definitely. I mean, I've heard you say this a few times, Carl, but it's like, where do you go after a program like this, right? Mm -hmm. Are we going to, to four sets now and mm -hmm. then to five sets? <laughs> I mean, maybe for the right person, but yeah. if we can exhaust uh, other options prior to getting here and still get that person great hypertrophy results and not have to be constantly pushing overload to the point where they're in the gym for four hours training uh i think that's a better option yeah i think we should always think about uh decondi deconditioning uh post any kind of training cycle like are we going so intense or so much volume in a training cycle that anything that we do for the next six cycles after that is just another level of deconditioning uh not sure but this one is a a great example of that potentially occurring yeah it doesn't feel good as a coach mm -hmm. to see that happen all right, let's uh, move on. Anything else you want to wrap up uh, our 6, 12, 25 with? No, no, no. Just, um, yeah, I mean, take the principles of the 6, 12, 25 and, you know, don't forget about the exercise selection because I think there's some good stuff in there that you can uh, kind of draw from and, and give to yourself or your clients. But uh, understand that the program that you're looking at right now or uh, that we just talked through, like there's nothing 
there's nothing like magical about that in terms of the exercise selection that was thrown in. Uh, just make sure you you personalize that exercise selection. I know I've said that a few times, but I think that's uh, I think that's extremely important. Absolutely. So again, guys, if you are a LearnRx subscriber, you can find that program inside of your program's feature. If you are not a LearnRx subscriber, make it happen. Go subscribe to LearnRx, LearnRx.app. Uh, we'll pop a link in the description. So next up, we have our mi mixed map nine eight-week progression. I'm not going to get super granular and go like into the details of exercise selection for every day of these eight weeks, but just want to highlight some like key principles of progression that are happening inside of this. So with this mixed map nine progression, it's a two day a week map nine uh, training program. When we're thinking about map nine, we're thinking about most of the time. 30 minute intervals ish, which are doing are being done at a roughly two hour race pace. So with map work, when we look at the interval, we always times that out uh, by by four to figure out what the race pace is going to be, or we figure out what the race pace is and we divide that by four to figure out what the interval is going to be. Yeah, something so, something interesting about this program is it keeps something in mind, right? It keeps progression in mind. Um, for most people, when we're taking them up and down and up and down the, well, down and down and down the map continuum, uh, you know, forever, you know, as we progress through this thing, we always have to keep in mind that there's, there's another map that we're progressing to. So just looking at this, it's really clear that this person is being prepared to eventually go into map eight as they finish this eight weeks. So just keeping that in mind as you go through, I think is really important because just like Georgia said, like. The first few weeks, it's like, you know, that two-hour race pace is, is uh, that guiding light, and that's what they're thinking about. But we kind of forget about that. Ra the race pace almost gets lost as we get three, four weeks in, and we're just – the pace is the pace. The pace is progressing on the pace that we've proved that we can keep sustainable the last two, three, four weeks, right? Um, so I think the race pace is really important in terms of understanding where you're at as a starting point. Uh, but some people adapt really, really well to programs like this. Some people don't adapt well at all, right? So um, just keeping in mind what that progression is going to look like, I think, is uh, is super important. Absolutely. So we've got two days uh, that we're doing. The first day is purely mixed cyclical. So mixed cyclical, that is where you're only doing cyclical or monostructural activities. So rowing, running, biking, skiing. The second day is mixed modal. So on that day, we're combining a bunch of activities, cyclical, gymnastics, and then different weightlifting activities as well. So let's start with the mixed cyclical pieces. And what you guys will see is that the first four weeks, uh, we're doing a 30 minute AMRAP at a sustained pace. And we're just doing that once. So it's 30 minutes of work. Uh, week one, we got a 12 cal air bike, 12 cal row, 12 cal ski being done at a nice steady, steady sustainable pace. You're gonna be looking for intraset sustainability there. So every time that person completes their 36 cals are uh, going through that cycle, it takes them give or take a few seconds, the same amount of time. And we want to see that continued as they go into week two, week three, and week four. I'm not going to go into exactly what's happening in those map progressions. You're going to have to be a LearnRx subscriber to find out. But what happens when we hit week five for our mixed cyclical progression is that we go from that one 30-minute AMRAP to two 20-minute AMRAPs with a 10-minute rest in between. So week one, we did the 30 minutes, 12 cal air bike, 12 cal row, 12 cal ski. Week five, we're now doing a 20 minute AMRAP, 12 cal air bike, 12 cal row, 12 cal ski, rest 10 minutes, do it again. 
we're going to ask them to try and increase their pace from week one. So they know what their split times were in week one, right? We want them to do it a little bit faster than they did in week one. If you're working with this individual and they've told you what their RPMs are, what their strokes per meters are, if you're tracking pieces like that, then you can use those as some objective measures to help them cut a couple seconds off their strokes per meter or increase RPM slightly on that air bike. We want to make sure that... Georgia meant to say strokes per minute. What did I say? Uh, per meter. Oh. <laughs> I was going to let it slide, but but you know why I didn't? Because sometimes I watch like, uh, like I'll, I'll be watching like ESPN yeah. or like some sports show and the like, there's like a couple anchors and yeah. one keeps saying the wrong thing and the anchor doesn't correct them. And I'm like, what? you're not going to hurt their, f- just correct them because you're, you're confusing the viewer. So I, 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 I had to, I had to step in. I didn't want to be that anchor. I appreciate it. And zero part of my ego was upset that I said awesome. meters I, instead I of minutes. I know it wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> We're all good. I'm like, that's a lot of strokes in a meter. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Imagine that 28 strokes in one meter. That's, uh, <laughs> that's real, real that's a, fast. Yeah. So we're doing it for two sets. We're making sure that they do still stay sustainable at that increased pace. But the idea here now is over the next four weeks, we're doing those 20-minute AMRAPs for two sets with the idea that after that, we're going to be progressing into our MAP 8 15-minute intervals. Yeah. So what stands out there um, is the the race pace and the idea where we started that race pace. So what Georgia laid out was, you know, do that work at your two-hour pace. Once they get to uh, week five is when we switch. Yeah. Yeah. Once once we get to week five, it's like, okay, how does that pace compare uh, to that two-hour pace? It's an 80-minute pace, right? Like we're, we're timesing that by four. Um, or if the person is, uh, you know, intuitive, um, as they go from that, that uh, you know, week four to week five and they look back at week one and they're like, okay, I held, you know, 58 RPM on the air bike. I'm going to try to hold 60 to 61. Uh, For the cow row, I was at 850 calories per hour. I want to go 950 calories per hour um, in this 20-minute piece. On the cow ski, if I had, you know, 680, maybe I want to be 750, right? So, like, they can kind of intuitively kind of walk through and make sure that they are actually increasing those. And what does that mean? That means that those split times are now faster than they were in week one. Uh, Ten minutes seems like an eternity, uh, but when you start thinking about pacing and moving through different uh, different implements, um, don't think that because it's uh, that high of a percentage lower than the 30 minutes, like you're going to be going that much faster because it's going to be slightly faster as you're going through those things. Cause you still have to sustain it for 20 minutes and 20 minutes is not five. No, no <laughs> it is not. Uh, so that would be our mixed cyclical progression there. Uh, anything else to add? Carl? Uh, no, it's, no, it's pretty simple. Uh, another thing is just the timing, right? Yeah. Because we did mention at the top that um, they're preparing for map eight. Right. And uh, something I mentioned, I was like, well, there's no such thing as map eight and a half. But if there was, this is what it would look like. Right. Um, The progression is the progression. And just remember, especially for CCP coaches that are listening, there's nothing there's nothing that says that uh, map one has to be 30 seconds. It's it just gives you an idea of what the pace should be because it's a two minute pace. You could do map one for 35 seconds. You could do it for 40 seconds. You could do it for 20 seconds. It's still map one. 
Uh, so don't get so married to has to be 30 minutes. And then, you know, I snap my fingers and I'm just doing 15 minutes of work now for a lot of people. Uh, that's actually a big transition. So think about how you go through those transition phases or how do you set them up as you transition from one map progression to another map progression. Definitely. And a lot of this is theoretical too, right, Carl? Like most people don't know their two-hour pace on the ski or the bike or the row. But over trial and error, uh, over those weeks, looking at repeatability, number one, intraset, and then number two, intraset, when we get to the 20-minute two pieces, And then also just using some like more subjective measures. So asking people on a scale of one to 10, how hard was it? Mm -hmm. Doing some kind of talk test and giving them an idea of, you should probably be able to hold like a conversation with a very low degree of struggle while you're doing this work. Just providing them some insights like that. Uh, Renato actually does an amazing job of laying out some different auto-regulation strategies um, and some subjective measures you can do with clients in his LearnRx class. So that'd be a good spot to go to for some insights on how to uh, make that happen yeah last point before we move to mixed modal the real progression that i see here is i just did 30 minutes of work for four weeks and now i'm doing 40 minutes of work at a slightly faster pace right i could have stopped before i said at a a slightly faster pace and going from 30 total to 40 total minutes of work is that's a that's a good amount of progression uh from you know weeks one to four to five to eight so yeah they're doing more work absolutely uh and if I don't mean to keep hanging out on mixed cyclical, but like, let's say the goal isn't necessarily to prepare them for map eight. We just want to get them better at doing work. We could go the other way. We could Mm -hmm. go from 30 minutes, uh, do that for four weeks. And then we could go 35 minutes at the same pace Mm -hmm. and then 40 minutes and begin to extend that workout. Just like you said, map one doesn't have to be 30 seconds. It could be 35 seconds. Same thing applies to, Mm -hmm. to our map nine here too. Yep. All right. Mixed modal. So, our second day of the uh, of the training week is a 30-minute AMRAP at a sustained pace of some combination of gymnastics, weightlifting, and uh, cyclical modalities. So over the eight-week period, we are not changing reps for time and sets. We're staying with a static 30-minute AMRAP across all eight weeks, but we are seeing some like increased challenge coming from the contractions uh, or the movements and the reps of those movements inside of that mixed modal piece it's never going to get to the point where they can't complete like at least two rounds so it's not a chipper Um, we're not going for like a you know one list of activities you get through it in 30 minutes and then you're done Uh, we're still going to have some insight into intraset sustainability because we're going to see that person do it a couple times but as we progress from week to week it is going to get more challenging for them to navigate the higher volume or slightly higher tension of the reps that are inside of those pieces so just to give like a little bit of an example there i'll go like every second week and tell you guys what's inside so week one we have a 30 minute amrap at sustained pace 20 cal air bike 30 air squats 20 knees to elbow 20 cal air bike 30 russian kettlebell swings 20 burpees Week three, we go a 30-minute AMRAP at sustained pace, 20 cal air bike, 40 air squats, 20 toes to bar, 25 cal row, 40 devil's press. Let's go to week five. We have a 30-minute AMRAP of 30 cal air bike, 40 burpee jumping pull-ups, 50 wall balls, and 100 double unders. And then we're going to move on to a 30-minute AMRAP at sustained pace of 50 cal air bike, 40 front squats, and then 50 burpees. And uh, that is kind of every second week of that eight-week progression. Yeah, so tension is extended uh, each week 
that's that's essentially the progression that we're seeing here um where week one it's uh you look at that and you're like yeah yeah that's uh that's challenging but it's you know i'm I'm just rolling through that you know it's by the time air squats start to i feel those in my quads i'm already on to knees to elbow and then by the time i start to feel that i'm back on the bike and i could take a breather uh by the time you get all the way down to the final week uh with the 50 wall balls 50 deadlifts 75 cal row it's like oh shit i'm on that I have that medicine ball in my hand for a good amount of time. Um, I'm doing 50 deadlifts at 185 pounds or 135 pounds. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of tension as you get to the end there. So, yeah, that's a nice little progression and uh, challenging contractions over those eight weeks. Yeah, I mean, this is one that has to be highly personalized because uh, for, I mean, for a lot of people, they're not even ready to do mixed motor work. We can't just slap this on anyone and expect them to be able to do it. Mixed cyclical, it's a lot easier to kind of fake it till you make it. Like mm-hmm. you could probably give anyone a mixed cyclical progression and they're going to be okay. It yeah, might not be ideal. Their, yeah, they'll just hold their paces, right? Exactly. Yeah. Here you run into the issue where someone cannot complete it. There's mechanical breakdown and they run the risk of actually hurting themselves. Like there's a pl- plenty of stuff that can go wrong if it's improperly prescribed. So you have to know the person that you're writing this for. It's the challenge of like writing a progression like this for no one. You're like, hmm, this uh, theoretical person, I'm just going to say they can do everything right. You just I give think them we super put, power. I think, I think naturally we just put ourselves in that. In that. Yes. <laughs> we're like, How if I were feel? to give this to myself or we just like choose someone that we coach and we're like, I'm just going to write this for this person, yep. right? Um, yeah, definitely. That looks like a fun one. It does. I'm, I'm doing map nine right now. I might... Uh, and follow this progression. Slip a, slip a couple of these in. Ooh, I uh, I don't know that I would have much luck with most of these. I'd probably have to halve the reps. Well, hey, after, uh, after your BJJ competition tomorrow, maybe we can hit some of these. There we go. Maybe take a it's Saturday time. and do some fitness. I've been uh, sticking myself on the bike erg because like, just, it's just relatively non-challenging compared to everything else yeah. that you could be doing for aerobic work so i've like loved the bike work for the last eight weeks or so but i think it's time for some mixed modal again carl all right let's uh let's do it there I'm we in. go i'm in uh so that's our that's our map nine progression uh guys again it's available for you inside of learn rx head to learnrx.app to subscribe if you're a coach rx user you will also find both of these programs in the programs index maybe you want to assign one to yourself and uh, give it a try and just play around with some different ways of doing fitness uh go for it have fun and uh thanks for listening guys yeah just don't give this uh stuff to someone that's that it's not ideal for personalization matters yeah personalize it you heard it here first all right thanks guys have a good one guys